Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Hey everyone, welcome back to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. This is Candace, and I'm going to be with you solo today. Uh, for our first in what I hope becomes a series of travel tips with Candace, I am just to give you a little background. I am a Disney fan for as long as I can remember. If you've listened to the podcast previously, I'm sure you've picked up on that. My real passion for Disney set in in 1998 when I visited the park, Walt Disney World, for the first time. And actually, I was. I have to do math and math is hard. Um, <laughs> I was actually 23 years old the first time that I set in, set my feet in a Disney park for the first time. But I will tell you at that point, my fandom went from routine, go to every Disney movie ever fandom to like hardcore, passionate, get as many people here as possible type, if you know, you know, type fandom. So I guess that's when my Disney adulthood really began. Uh, My first trip was with my brother and his family. Uh, His twin girls were like 18 months old, 19 months old, somewhere in there. And my nephew was five or six at the time. So um, that has been my experience at Walt Disney World with children. Um, Scott and I, as you know, do not have children. And... So it's a very, very different dynamic. I can't imagine going there with children as it is today, just because I don't have to think about that. So props to you for listeners that do that, because I, yeah, just the thought of it kind of makes me want to twitch. And that's nothing against children. I love children. Um, I just don't have any. So I feel like I am a bit of a different... Disney traveler in that aspect. I also feel that I am a different Disney type of Disney traveler in the aspect of I don't necessarily go for the rides. I mean, of course, there are a few classics that are must-dos on my list. Those would be Spaceship Earth, Haunted Mansion, People Mover, Living with the Land, and and not that it's really a classic, but I guess it sort of is. Expedition Everest is now on my must-do list. So, you know, if... Oh, shoot, I left out Hollywood Studios. Well, uh, there's a reason for that, and we can discuss that in another episode. But I guess my point of this is that I am more into it for the deep Disney details, like the the tradition, honoring where the, the company has come from, knowing the backstories of the rides, knowing the backstories of the sections of the park, knowing the animators, knowing the Imagineers behind some of this wonderful stuff. And that's where I find my joy. The rides are wonderful. I love them. And they are feats of Imagineering and engineering and everything else. But I personally don't need them to be perfectly happy in a Disney park or at a Disney vacation. That brings us to the topic of today's episode, but I did want to do a couple pieces of housekeeping first. As I mentioned, I do hope this does become a series, um, and I will need your help, your kind help. I'm going to be doing simulations of what it's like to actually plan a Disney vacation as far as choosing hotels, choosing special experiences you don't want to miss out on, like dessert parties or whatever. 
park tickets, park reservations, all of that good stuff. Uh, and I would ask for your kind help because my family is very different from your family, and I understand that. But if you want to get in touch with us on socials, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. And if you would just send me a quick little synopsis, basically, of what your travel party looks like, like how many people we're looking at, how many children, what their ages are, if they're under 18, if you want a land, sea, or land and sea vacation so we can loop the cruise ship, the cruise line in on some of this, how many days you're looking to go, if you're looking for a land and sea or a land vacation, what level of Disney resort you're looking at. Um, I prescribe to the belief that it is imperative to stay on property just for the sake of transportation and the convenience and staying in the middle of the magic, if nothing else. I understand that comes at a premium price, but if you want value, moderate or deluxe, we can work into that. Um, and like five or six of the things that you want to see, uh, like your must do's. So if that means rides, if that means shows, if that means restaurants you want to eat at, whatever the case may be, and you just want to uh, shoot those over to us on social media, I will take some time to, we're actually going to price out live. So during episodes, I'm going to take that information and price out what your trip looks like. Now, keep in mind, this is not a sales pitch. I am not going to reach out to you and say, Hey, here's the price on your trip. How about we book that right now? With that said, however, if you'd like help planning your trip, I am more than happy to do so. But again, this is not a sales pitch. I don't want to be that person. Um, so anyway, our second piece of housekeeping is that we do also have our hang at the hangar bar book club, um, which is in full swing right now. The first book for the Uh, Quarter one of 2023 is going to be The Women of Walt Disney Imagineering. You still have time to pick it up. Our discussion is not going to happen until March 27th. At that time, we will be, we're putting together plans for a web-based discussion. uh, So we don't have to alienate anyone on, who doesn't have one of our social media platforms. I'm not going to go live there. We're just going to put it on a, a separate web service and have a discussion and that sort of thing about the book. So we hope that you will join us. It's a wonderful book. It's not a heavy read. Um, There are some fantastic stories in it um, and some very eye-opening moments as well. And I won't spoil those right now. We'll leave that for the discussion. But with that said, I think that's all the housekeeping I have. So as I alluded to a few moments ago, I'm one of those people that can go to Walt Disney World and not have to go on a ride. Well, except for my must-dos. But I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because I, I think a lot of people go say or think about it like, well, I'd like to go, but I'm not a ride person, so there's nothing for me to do. And that could not be further from the truth. You will probably, as a non-ride person, have a much more relaxing time than the people in your travel party that are running from ride to ride to ride to ride and constantly with their nose in their phone looking at wait times and trying to get lightning lanes and that sort of thing. Which you all know how I feel about noses and phones. I know that my Disney Experience app is a wonderful thing. And I know it's very necessary at this point. But part of the magic of Disney is not electronic. It is being where you are, knowing where, you, where you're standing at that exact moment. And taking everything in. Disney is very much a 4D experience. So you've got sights, smells, sounds, and feels. Yes, feels. There are some areas of the parks and some experiences where you actually 
like feel things. And if you let yourself get immersed in the ambiance and the atmosphere and that you're going to get it emotionally too. And that's very intentional on Disney's part. So with that said, I am going to be talking about um, how to enjoy your Disney vacation without going on rides. And then a little bit about group planning for those people who have both types of folks in their group, uh, both riders and non-riders. So even before you go into the parks, like our normal thing, and this goes back to my very first trip there, our normal thing on our first day there, since we are non-local, we fly in, we generally, last time we drove, um, which wasn't actually a bad idea because we got to start our day like with breakfast at Walt Disney World. Like we went to the Polynesian, we had breakfast, and then we started our day. But we didn't actually go into the parks on that first day. We did my normal first day activities. Let me explain. So being from out of state, typically we would leave, we leave like on the earliest flight out, um, which is generally about 5 a.m. Then we have a nice layover and I don't plan any shorter layovers than an hour just for delays and things like that. Um, so we have a nice layover in Jackson Hartsfeld in, or Hartsfeld, Jackson, whatever it is, Atlanta. We'll go there. Have a nice layover there. Get on another plane. Head into Orlando. So by the time we get there, get on the plane train in Orlando, find baggage claim because, you know, Magical Express isn't a thing anymore. And I really think it should be. Disney, bring that back, please. And I know that was a contract with Mears. And I know there's the Sunshine Flyer and all of this, but it's still not the same as Magical Express. And it bumps me out because it cut some of the magic, in my opinion. How magical is it when you check your bags at the airport and they show up at your resort in your room later that day? It's magical, honestly. And I don't, it's probably a money thing. And yes, we're not going to talk about that, but I wish Magical Express would come back. There, I said it. Anyway, so you get there and it's like 1 o'clock, somewhere in there in the afternoon. Typically, a person's hungry after traveling and that sort of thing. So then it's go find lunch. So either go to your resort and go to the food court or sit down or whatever you can find there, or you head over to Disney Springs and you find what you can there. So I don't necessarily think it's a hundred percent imperative to go into a park on your first day. I think doing that, in my opinion, sort of is an overwhelming experience because you, as an introvert, and we're going to talk about being an introvert at Disney a little later this season, but being an introvert at Disney is very overwhelming. And when you're having to be in a group of people that's traveling, so through the airports and the plane experience, and then you immerse yourself back into the large group of people in a theme park where you're running around trying to do things because you paid a hundred plus something dollars to get into the gate. So you want to get in there and you know, get as much done as possible. And I totally understand that. That doesn't really start off a great vacation, in my opinion, because it's just stress after stress after stress after stress, especially if you took mass transit from the airport to the resort. Once again, sunshine flyer, something like that. 
my recommendation would be hire a car. I know not everybody can do that. Lyft, Uber, whatever, that works too. But that, again, that's me. That's my comfort zone. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, I don't think that it's a wise idea to just cause stress very, very early in the morning for yourself and keep that going all day long. You're going to be exhausted. Not that you aren't anyway, but it's just going to be a very exhausting experience. So going to Disney Springs or going to explore your resort, something like that is going to give you that little break and time to reconnect with your travel party. Give everybody a chance to chill out for a minute, uh, get something to eat. Um, and then you can kind of talk about what you're looking most forward to about your vacation. If you haven't made your must-do list, that's probably a little bit late uh, because now with the park reservation system, you do need to have that those things kind of planned out so you can have your reservations made. But you can look about, you can talk about what you're excited about. Uh, if you go to Disney Springs, there is a multitude of things to do, including shopping, just walking around. There's a stage. I'm not sure how often they do concerts there, but I do know that uh, it is fairly active. You may get in on some street performances. There's there's always things to look at and see and do. Um, there's the crazy little birds down there that, you, that are fun to watch. Just all kinds of things. And there's also things to do like miniature golf. I have not been to the Winter Summerland miniature golf course um, I have been to Fantasia Gardens and uh, Scott and I went golfing, miniature golfing, a couple trips ago and we were all excited. Well, we were excited to try it because we'd never been. So new thing on the list, right? Well, we got there and unfortunately the Fantasia side of the golf course was closed for refurb, which that was my ent- my entire purpose of wanting to go there because each of the holes does something different related to Fantasia. There's music, there's water features, there's all kinds of, th- of things, uh, and it looks really, really cool. So that started off kind of on a eh note, but I did agree to play on the other half, and I can't think of what it is. Fantasia Greens, maybe? I can't remember. Anyway, we got set up, we got our putters, we got our balls. And that course was tough. And I don't know, I've not played the Fantasia side of it. So I don't know that one could be challenging as well. I think it probably is. But the, we're going to call it Fantasia Greens because I can't think of what else it is called. So my apologies for in, inaccuracy. That course was so challenging that after about three holes, and granted, I'm dealing with some disappointment here about the other side of the course that I really wanted to play. I can see it as we're walking through this first course. I'm spoiled. I will admit that. Um, But I'm looking at the course that I would rather be on and I'm getting frustrated because I'm not doing well on the course that we had to play on. So I just picked up my ball and followed Scott around the course the rest of the way. It was fun because I got to spend time with him and we always have a good time together. So, you know, there's that, but it was a fine experience. It was miniature golf. It was fun. It was something to do that wasn't sitting in our resort room staring at each other or, you know, any other thing that we could have done. So it was fun and I would do it again. I would just hope that the Fantasia portion of the course was open, but that is an option. So yeah, that's, that's stuff to do before you even get into the parks and you're not on a ride. There's lots and lots of things to do like in the parks if you don't want to go on a ride with the advent of recent developments in relatively new developments, not all that many years ago, 
um, alcohol was not allowed in parks. And now you can pretty much find alcoholic beverages in any of the parks other than Magic Kingdom. There you have to be at a table service restaurant to enjoy alcohol. But, you know, there are options for people that don't want to get on a ride. And I'm not saying that alcohol is the only option, but that's definitely, definitely an option. Um, So some of the things that I like to do if I'm waiting for Scott, and yes, there are rides that I won't go on because I don't enjoy them. Space Mountain is one of those. I know it's a classic. I know it's iconic. However, I do not appreciate rides where I need a chiropractic adjustment when the ride is over. And Space Mountain is one of those for me. I don't appreciate it. I, I'm not going to take anything away from anybody that does. If it's a love of yours, fine, go for it. I'm not going to go on it. I'm going to go do something else. Um, and one of those things to do is people watching. The first time that Scott and I were at Hollywood Studios, he wanted to go on Rock and Roller Coaster. And with my experience with Space Mountain, I neither one of us had been on it before, so we didn't know how herky-jerky it was going to be. Um, so I decided to sit it out. So I was just waiting in the little courtyard area that's right outside there. And all of a sudden, I heard a very, very unpleasant noise of another guest becoming ill. We'll just put it that way. And it was an unpleasant experience. I will say I can't imagine how that poor guest felt. I think I'm going to be sick. I will say that watching the uh, cast members deal with that situation was nothing short of fantastic. It was handled quickly, efficiently, and with as little fuss and muss as possible to draw attention to it. Um, But they were on it and they made sure that the sick guest was okay. But I mean, you see all kinds of things when you're, when you're people watching, Um, whether you want to or not, because people are just people and, you know, they do things. When Lacey and Scott and I were there, I think it was before Lacey's first cruise. They decided they wanted to go on Peter Pan in Magic Kingdom. And of course, OG ride, iconic, amazing, a little overhyped in my opinion, but I get it. So whatever. But I'm like, no, it was before they redid the standby line. So it was all out in the sun and everything. And I'm like, no, if I'm going to sit in the sun, I'm going to sit in the sun and not stand in a line with a bunch of angry people. So I pulled up by Friar's Nook and I actually got myself a frozen lemonade to enjoy and it was delicious and from that point on like that's been my thing to get from Friar's Nook because it's so good but I found a spot to rest and no it wasn't in the shade but it was a nice spot to sit and I watched and I sat and I watched people and I enjoyed my frozen lemonade and then I got to see uh, Lady Tremaine and the evil stepsisters from Cinderella that were headed to a meet and greet and all three of them were traveling together and it was a really neat experience and I didn't say word one to them but it was cool because those are characters that you don't see very often and you don't think about oh hey I gotta go to a meet and greet for these ladies because you know they're they're kind of like OG characters so that was a really cool experience um, so there's just a lot to look at there's People watching, there is, you know, details to notice. Every part of a Disney park is covered in details. 
That is what makes it so immersive. That's what makes it so special. That's what makes it so different. And yes, that is what makes it so magical. And the best details in life, and I truly believe this, the best details in life are the ones that you don't notice, but you do notice if they're not there. Now, who can argue with that? Yeah. If you're more of a saunterer, like you just want to take a nice leisurely stroll, go grab a snack and stroll around for a bit. You know, everybody has cell phones now. Um, so if you're waiting for somebody to get off of a ride, just say, you know, hey, text me when you're done and we'll meet someplace. And that's okay. You're in a pretty confined area. The Disney parks, yes, are huge. Huge, huge, huge. Which is why we recommend no new shoes. Make sure you break in your shoes on your trip. Um, I've had that experience as well where I did not properly break in shoes and had foot pain to the point of going and buying Mickey Mouse flip-flops uh, from the hotel gift shop and wearing those around. And I actually didn't do too bad with those. I wouldn't recommend it because there's not a lot of support. But, you know, in a pinch, it got me through. So there's that. But just go take, find your favorite snack and just go for a stroll and enjoy yourself. This is your vacation too. And you shouldn't feel penalized or you shouldn't feel like you're doing something wrong just because you don't want to go on a ride. It's perfectly okay. Yeah. Enjoy the ambient music that, okay. So being a musician myself, that's one of the big things that I notice, And one of the best parts of Disney for me is the ambient music in every different section of the park. And again, that's a little detail that not a lot of people pay attention to, but they would know if it wasn't there. One real specific example of that is when we did our after hours adventure at Magic Kingdom and Scott and I were in New Fantasyland back by Gaston's Tavern. And we were the only two people back there. And the tavern wasn't open. The gift shop back there wasn't open. Everything was dark. The, the land lights were still on, of course, for safety. But the ambient music was going. And it was so beautiful to be back in that beautiful area of the park with with no one else around and just being really, really quiet and just enjoying where we were at that exact moment. It was amazing. Another thing I like to do is look for details. So when I was there for Disney Institute, it was actually a solo trip for me. Scott did not go with me. Um, and I took one evening and went into Magic Kingdom and I didn't spend long there because it was during the holiday season. So the park was really, really busy. And I didn't really have anything that I wanted to wait in line for. And it was, you know, training was long and it, we had long days and that kind of thing. So I was tired, but I did want to get to Magic Kingdom because I'd not seen the parks decorated for Christmas and it was absolutely stunning and I would do it a hundred times over. But as I was strolling, I noticed that the windows in the Emporium were all themed to Mickey's Christmas Carol. And... Christmas Carol in general is one of Scott's favorite Christmas stories. So um, I did get a couple pictures of the windows, but had I not been looking for details and just walking around with my head down or in my phone or, you know, something like that, I would have missed it completely. And there's so much history and like the names on the windows on Main Street USA and the names on all of the signs, they all have meaning. It's not just like they're pulling names out of a hat. Most of them are Imagineers and most of them are legendary Imagineers. So I feel that that kind of thing is very important to remember because again, we go back to the tradition where the company has come from and the people that made it happen. So, and are making it happen. 
And also, another part of that, as I say that, is have a chat with cast members. If you're not doing anything else and you're just hanging out and you see a cast member standing, why not talk to them? They are wonderful, magical people. I will say it a hundred times over. This is a hill I will die on every single day. Cast members are the magic. They have fascinating stories to share. And as far as I know, they really like when guests speak to them and, you know, treat them like humans because they're just wonderful people. Another idea for not going on rides is uh, go to the stage shows. There are plenty of live entertainment offerings uh, in the way of stage shows and just pop-up performances. Um, uh, One specific example of this would be the uh, drummers over in Harambe Village in Animal Kingdom. Of course, this is a trip hack, but get your celebration buttons. Um, They're free. You can get them at guest services. You can get them in the lobby of your resort. But let people know that you're celebrating. Every day really should be a celebration. Um, And there's lots of different buttons and that kind of thing that you can get for different things. But if you get them, magical things can happen. And Scott and I have actually been pulled into the dance portion of the uh, Harambe Musicians performance uh, in Animal Kingdom and gotten to dance with them. And that was a really, really cool experience. And it was because we took the time to stop and actually watch and that kind of thing. So that was, that's amazing. And like, I know they don't have it anymore. And Scott is still super salty about this. I can't say that I blame him for it, but uh, they did have uh, great moments in American history featuring the Muppets over in Magic Kingdom in Liberty Square. And that was always a great great little show. Lots and lots of talent. For you photo buffs out there, there's always options of taking photos of uh, the theming in the areas of the parks. I know there is a group on Facebook, and I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's all about people that take pictures around Disney parks, and they catch some of the most amazing shots, like like art-worthy shots. And it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. So take some time to do some of those things too, because the parks are so beautiful and they're kept up so well that I think that's a, that's a fun thing. And also, of course, shop. There are gift shops galore almost at the end of every, almost at the end of every uh, ride, there's a gift shop of some sort. And then there's the standalone greats like the Emporium on Main Street USA and Magic Kingdom. And then, of course, Disney Springs. I mean, hello. You've got the world's biggest Disney store. Yes, please. So just do some shopping and, you know, think about the the souvenirs that you're going to want to take home. Find some unusual ones. Um, for example, Scott and I bought a carved wind chime uh, from one of the shops in Animal Kingdom, and it's hanging in our kitchen, and I love it. It's one of my favorite souvenirs we've ever gotten because it's not your typical mouse ear sweatshirt situation. Not that there's anything wrong with those because we do have plenty of those as well, but just look for some off-the-beaten-path kind of souvenirs. Now, if you're going with a group and you've got both ride people and non-ride people, there are plenty of things to do to wait for your group. Um, you can wait in the area of the attraction and notice the detail and the theming and people watch and 
all these other things, find a spot of shade and have a seat and rest. There's snack stands and drink stands and those kind of things pretty close to, to most attractions. So you can certainly do that, Get stay hydrated. Another pro tip is to keep in mind that uh, quick service restaurants all offer free ice water. I do say that with a word of caution. I know they're getting better about installing bottle fillers in different locations of the parks, but please don't be that person that uses the ice water in the quick service locations if it's self-serve. Please don't use that water to fill up your water bottles. Um, make sure that water is available for guests, for other guests, and don't create extra work for the cast members, please. Just use a bottle filler or water fountain or something for your water bottle. Uh, but do have a cup of ice water. They're pretty good size and they'll do the trick. Again, explore the shops. Uh, there may be something that, you know, your party is not ready to calm down after a ride and they just need to go, go, go. And so you're not going to get to go through that shop and look maybe as carefully as you want to. Um, so that's always a good idea. And then if you have favorite characters, which you should, and you see on, you're looking at my Disney experience and you see that they have a meet and greet for your favorite character that maybe not everybody in your group is crazy about meeting, go do a meet and greet on your own. It is perfectly acceptable. And I think kind of sad when it doesn't happen, but it's perfectly acceptable for grown adults to turn into four-year-olds, well-behaved four-year-olds that is, when you get into a Disney park. So if you have wanted to meet, let's just use an example from previous, Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters, and you see on my Disney experience that Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters are going to be meeting and greeting uh, close to where you are, by all means, take a minute for yourself, go get in that line, have a conversation, and a, probably what's going to turn into a very magical moment. I will say about meet and greets that it's always helpful. Again, as an introvert, I have to like gear up for these things and I try and prepare some of the things that I want to say so I don't just stand there like, Durr, you know, and not really have anything to say. But if you relate back to their story. So in the case of Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters, you could say, have you spoken to Cinderella recently? Um, I understand that she's, you know, meeting, greeting guests at the royal table, that sort of thing. If I've seen this happen before, if you try and bring in other elements from other stories and other characters, that puts the friend of that character in a very awkward position um, because in their story, they don't know anything about that. So if you were to ask Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters about Aladdin, for example, they're not going to know who that is, or they shouldn't know who that is because it's not part of their world. So just keep that in mind. And for lack of a better term, just play along. Don't, we've talked about Disney adult behavior before. It's another separate episode for me and I've got a lot of opinions on it. And I know you all know that I have opinions, but just play along and, and be a good Disney adult. It's, it's important. It's important. So going back to the conversation about traveling in groups, just because you're traveling in groups, in a group of people, does not mean that you need to stick together and travel as a group throughout your whole day. We've been kind of toying around the idea of a big group trip for some of our friends. And I know that not all of us have the same interests and the same desires and all of this. And our Disney experience is going to be very, very different. We have some that like rides, some that don't, some that may want to just hang out at the resort, which is fine. 
but I guess my point to this is just because you arrive as a group does not mean that you need to stick as a group the entire time. Split off into your little groups. Like what I would recommend is sitting down with your group that you're traveling with, kind of deciding who is a ride or die kind of person and who is a saunter and relaxed kind of person and who's in the middle. For each of those groups, make a list of maybe five or 10 things. 10 is going to be a stretch. I'll be honest, but five or 10 things that you absolutely have to do. Combine your lists to narrow down to five things maybe because five is going to be about the max that you're going to absolutely get to get done of the most common requests that people have and plan your day around those things. To be perfectly honest, anything else you get to do above and beyond that is just gravy. But so you go and you make these plans and you do your five things. You're in groups of these people and then you make a plan after you've planned all these things out, you make a plan on where you're going to meet that evening, either for dinner or after dinner or whatever. And then you come back as the whole group during that time for dinner, cocktails, whatever the case may be. It may be a fireworks show. You come back together during that time. You talk about your day. You share your experiences and you get to be together for that time, which is also very magical. And then that way, if you have some quiet time with some of your favorite people. You get to know people that maybe you don't know so well because they fit into your group of being a ride or die or, you know, being a saunter and snack or being somewhere in the middle. And then you get to be back with your people, all of your people for the evening. And you get to share your experiences. And maybe it may trigger something that you want to try for the next time. Like if so if something about a ride concerns you, if you're scared of it or whatever, and somebody says, you know what, it's really not that bad, then maybe you'll want to try it next time. So those kind of experiences can be very, very helpful. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of nuance to traveling with a group, especially a group of adults, because, you know, everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own desires. Everybody has their own activity level of what they want to do. There may be some half-day park people, half-day go back to the resort and chill at the pool people. That's okay, too. Um, you can figure all of that out, but you just have to communicate as a group and then decide on how you're going to bring it back all together. Again, there are lots and lots of ways to enjoy the Disney parks, even as a non-ride person. And I, I would be glad to dig more into that. If you have questions, hit us up on socials. Let us know. Again, I would appreciate it very much if you hit us up on socials and share your ideal Disney trip for your family. And we will do some uh, trip planning in future episodes. I guess that's all I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it has been helpful. Uh, it's my first solo, so I'm a little bit nervous about it. But I hope it went well. And I look forward to hearing from you. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, and we'll see you real soon.